0: The election results from the three small northeastern states adding up to just about a crore in population and five Lok Sabha seats. That's all. These have brought a spectacular and renewed endorsement for the BJP in the region. We, however, raise a somewhat different question. Since elections are all about politics and partisanship, is there a way of analyzing these results in a re- relatively apolitical manner? Is it possible? We'll try and do that. Because, you know what, sometimes we have to look at the national interest first. And for the in the northeast, it matters a great deal. Now, you might say, which part of the country it is where the national interest does not matter or which is not important to the national interest. Surely, all parts of the country are, but some parts are more important and significant and sensitive because of history, geography, politics, ethnicity, language, diversity, all of which exist. In the northeast. That's why before we go forward, we look at what Prime Minister Narendra Modi said at his party office on the evening of the results in celebration, of course, because they won those elections big time. And I quote him: He said, "There wasn't much discussion in Delhi and other parts of the country when the results were out from the northeast region. In the past, the discussion then was about the violence during the elections, or all about insurgencies," he said. And now, he said, nobody talks about the insurgencies. Then, noting how radically things had improved, he said with this usual speech-making flourish, and I quote him again, the Northeast is neither far from Delhi nor from the heart. Or dil, as he said in Hindi, na se dure, na dil se dure. if you leave your political leanings or voting preferences aside, you might see much merit in this. Because change in the Northeast has been, has been quite dramatic. If we look at the Northeast now, the erstwhile Seven Sisters and now added Sikkim, there is almost no insurgency. In fact, I am also qualifying it as a measure of abundant precaution. I can even delete that almost and I can say there is no insurgency. There is admittedly that increasingly rare little ambush or clash. You will find more such clashes or violence between armed police and the bad guys in any state of the Hindi heartland than in the entire Northeast. Armed banditry is not separatist insurgency. The only insurgent force, the national the only insurgent force, the National Socialist Council of Nagaland, has been peaceful for more than a decade, going through grinding but as yet unbroken negotiations. In large parts of the region, the Armed Forces Special Powers Act or AFSPA has been withdrawn. For sure, the process did not begin after the Modi government came to power in 2014. It had been on since the earlier NDA government. Between Tripura's then Chief Minister Manik Sarkar of the CPM and LK Advani's Union Home Ministry, a brilliant and calibrated process was carried out lifting Armed Forces Special Powers Act, AFSPA, from all of the states, 70 police stations then. 70 then, now I think 77, but 70 then. One by one, sort of serendipitously, until no disturbed areas were left. And this is the state which had a, which had a big insurgency and which had, also seen, which had also seen big massacres in the past. Things moved slowly after this, but picked up in the Modi era. Improvement in ties with Bangladesh helped. Dhaka has for nearly a decade now been quite happy to hand over any Indian extremists found there. For nearly three decades now, I have been writing and arguing that the Northeast gives us a wonderful characterization of a unique doctrine of counter-insurgency that evolved in India through the decades. Think of it like your usual bell curve. As insurgent violence rose in a state, the state's response rose with it, matched it or more than matched it until it peaked at a point where the rebels realized that this was a very hard state. And they were never going to win, no matter how much damage they caused or how many casualties they inflicted. At which point, they were tired and willing to make peace. And the state was generous. Instead of rubbing the insurgents' nose in the ground or claiming victory or going for the kill, the state came with a large heart with political compromises. What is it that you want? A state of your own to protect your identity? I can give you Nagaland, I can give you Mizoram, like that. You want some special laws? I can give those to you. Inner line permit, whatever. Political power in your state, you can come and win it. You can have it all, just accept the constitution. If you don't like the constitution as it is, we can even make special provisions. See, for example, for Nagaland, we amended, we made additions to Article 371, and the Shillong Peace Accord came as a result, 1975. Most importantly, we will give up political power for you. That was, the, that, was, that was what the Indian state said to these groups. That look, you come in the mainstream, you accept the constitution, we will give up our political power for you. I take you back in time to the Congress yielding to miserable chief Laldenga and Assam agitators in 1986. Both. I covered those peace accords and subsequent elections and heard the slogan in pramputra Valley. Rajiv Gandhi, Zindabad, Congress Party, Murdabad. In fact, one of the highlights of that election also was when Amitabh Bachchan, then in the Congress Party, came into campaign for Congress Party, but his helicopter landed by mistake, by error, in in an AGP rally, in assam Ganaparishad rally. And people saw Amitabh Bachchan coming out. He was from the Congress Party, but he got his Zindabad anyway. And, and once again, the chant went up, Rajiv Gandhi, Zindabad, Congress Party, Murdabad. Indian people are smart everywhere, but somewhat more so in the Northeast. Probably because of the hardships of living in so far and remote a region and the hazards of the political environment there, there through three generations. I found the first vindication for that bell curve story or the bell curve theory while covering the Mizoram election after the Rajiv Lal Accord. And I am sharing, sharing a link to the story I wrote then for India Today magazine with the description of this video. Young Vanlal Zari had once been the secretary to then Inspector General of Police, the police chief there in Mizoram. Mizoram was then a union territory, GS Arya. In 1975, a band of Mizo insurgents walked into the police headquarters and shot the IGP, his deputy and the head of the special branch. It was like the entire top brass of Mizoram police was wiped out in one attack. It was the most spectacular success that the MNF rebels achieved. It was a national sensation. The assassins were killed in subsequent encounters and Manlal Zari was arrested and convicted for conspiracy. It was with her help that insurgents had been able to come into such a high security area with their weapons. In the jail, she wrote a document that became the underground's inspiration. It was called Inspiration and Agenda. It was called Zari Diary. And I still have an English translation of it somewhere in my papers, an English translation, which one of the intelligence heads in the region passed on to me once. She was freed in the post-peace accord amnesty. And in 1986, in the summer of 1986, I found her wrapping and packing posters and flags at the headquarters of our party, the Mizo national Front. mizo national Front, which was an insurgent army, had now become a political party. I asked her, you were fighting for sovereignty, you were fighting for freedom, I asked. Why did you give up then? You wanted freedom, now what is this? You haven't got freedom. So so basically I was trying to provoke her to get an answer. She said to me, she in fact schooled me. She said to me and I quote her, and this quote is available in that India Today story published in July 1986. And she said, and I quote, freedom sir, doesn't come only if you become Sovereign. Poland is a sovereign country. Poland has sovereignty. But is it? Is it free? Does it have freedom? That's the reason I said she was schooling me. This is when the first stirrings in Poland under Les Walesa's solidarity were hitting the global headlines. I'm not sure many in other parts of the country would have given us that logic. That's why I said all of us are smart, but the people of the Northeast are smarter. They respond positively and constructively. a good outreach from quote-unquote Delhi. I'm sure it's a matter of time before the NSCN issue also settles similarly. I think it's heading in that direction. There are many frustrations there are issues about the flag and the constitution, but I do believe that this will settle similarly in the course of time. Between then, 1986 and now, much has changed in the region. If we leapfrog a generation or we leapfrog To the Modi era, the biggest difference is the incredible improvement in connectivity within the region and also with what is erroneously called the mainland between the region and the so-called mainland. One big mental block between the region and Delhi was just this connectivity, the difficulty of reaching out on either side. Over the past nine years, there has been a dramatic, spectacular increase in the number and expansion of highways, width, quality and the numbers. The railways, the railways are reaching many more places, air connectivity has improved greatly and it is possible that you can visit any state from any major metro and come back by next morning if not the same evening. And vice versa. Now, did it happen only in the past 9 years of the Modi era? Of course, improvements had been taking place forever, but at a crawling pace. Example, i give you an example. Until 2014, all of the Brahmputra River, that is 793 kilometers of it through Assam, had only one narrow bridge, the Sarai Ghat Bridge at Guwahati, which used to see hours-long traffic jams. It's a rail-come road bridge. The bridge was built in the 60s. It was quite rickety and narrow. Even the broader alternative being built adjacent to it, alongside it, had been crawling for a decade, after the Bajpay government cleared it as part of its north-south-east-west corridor. Today, there are six bridges and a seventh is under construction. Six bridges, so almost right across the river, within within a 100 kilometers max, you will find a bridge so you can cross to the other side. This gives you an idea of the pace of change. Peace. Connectivity and India's booming services economy has enabled the northeast super talented young people to spread across the country to work. This has also brought about mental and emotional connectivity, furthered that feeling of national belonging, of Indianness. The Modi government and the BJP have meanwhile done their political nationalist thing, bringing old heroes and heroines of the region who fought the British between the 19th and early early 20th centuries, to the national mainstream, Rani Gaidin Liu, a Naga, Naga from Manipur, a Rongmei Naga from Manipur, Kanaklata Barua from Assam, she's one who, on the north bank in a place called Gopur, tried to install the national flag, the tricolor, was shot and killed by the police and became one of Assam's early martyrs to the freedom movement. utirot Singh, the Khasi ruler of Meghalaya, who fought the British, beat the Kendrajeet Singh, the crown prince of Manipur and so on. Of course, Lachit Bar Fukan has been raised to a national icon given that he fought and defeated a Mughal invasion force. The BJP has made some big mistakes in the Northeast too, but it learned quickly and backtracked. The most important example is the CA-NRC combination. It realized early enough that the easy Hindu versus Muslim binary doesn't work in the Northeast as in the Hindi heartland or even West Bengal similarly it realized that its agenda of cow protection was a liability in the northeast it offended people because for them beef is a normal part of their food chain so it pulled back on that also it is because the bjp has such a stake in the northeast that it will think thrice before resurrecting any of these elements on its agenda whether ca nrc or beef and cow protection The Northeast is a sizable success story for the Modi government politically and for the BJP electorally. It will now be an unlikely and unpleasant surprise if they choose to blow it bowing to their basic polarizing instinct at any point.